Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Everyone's fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 228, and we're recording on May 23rd, 2021. And this show is brought, brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. We have an extremely big show this week. Uh, lots of stuff going on, playoff hockey going on. We're going to talk about uh, Stanley Cup playoff series against the Capitals, of course. Uh, we're also going to talk about Charlie McAvoy. He's coming into his own as one of the NHL's top defensemen. And we're also going to talk about a former Boston Bruins player who continues to get snubbed for the Hall of Fame after 66 years. Uh, but I do want to mention that this particular episode is dedicated to uh, my Twitter buddy, uh, at Panowski. And I'm going to put up this picture right here because this is really some really good news and I wanted to share. So check it out. He had another four-month CT scan today. And a visit from his oncologist. I think I said that right or probably wrong. Yeah. Uh, a year and four months after surgery, I am cancer-free, folks, and I'm celebrating with an edible tonight. So, and he's a uh, this person is a great Bruins fan. So, um, we wish him the continued best with his cancer-free mission. And uh, just so, just glad to hear that you know things are working out for people because it's terrible disease and um, you know it sucks. And but when when people can triumph through stuff like that it, it, it's really cool and we want to acknowledge that too so with all that being said i gotta get my co-host in here heather ingerson welcome back to the program my friend how's it going hello happy 90 degree sunday it is <laughs> a sunday, sunday fun day uh, congratulations uh to for, aforementioned things congratulations to the draft hockey winner and of course congratulations always good to hear people are cancer free and remission doing you know, cancer's a bitch, and it's always nice when someone gets to kick its ass, you know. That's all I say. Sure. But, yeah, 
lot of hockey this week, a lot of things to talk about. So absolutely, um, we got a full agenda thanks to you and your in your busy efforts last night to get that done. And and I added a a couple because you know I'm a slacker. You. I'm a slacker too. <laughs> I was having a hard time this week, like just focusing on it. So I was glad that you had things because I was like, whoo, because you know me, I'm like, if we don't have enough topics, we can cut yeah. things out. But if we don't have enough, that's the worst. Like, thank you. Exactly. You, as always, had great things to add in lead my brain to try and focus this. So let's stay focused. Why don't we talk? Absolutely. Um, Why don't we talk about our show sponsor, betonline.ag. Um, betonline.ag has the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track the boys of summer all at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, PGA Tour Golf, and all your UFC MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before you, before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, Heather, we have a big agenda to big get agenda. to. So let's get to it, my friend. Okay. We will a couple uh, happy birthday shout outs. Yes, let's do it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we'll start the show off with something nice. Just to say a quick birthday shout out. Coach Cassie had a birthday this week. Uh, Colin Booth had his birthday. Former player Jason York. And, of course, Bruins Luchador. There may have been other people. But I would like to say happy birthday to you guys. And uh, it's been a great week to have your birthday because the Bruins have been coming into back to our Bruins. And it's feeling really good right now. We're riding high, not trying to get too happy about it yet. It's a seven game series and it is the Capitals, but happy birthday to you guys. Yeah. And while we're doing the shout outs, I do want to shout out Mike Hickey. He's a, a listener of our, um, of our black and go hockey podcast. And he was uh, from the former three man in hockey podcast, but I'm repping his, cause I, I missed the program. I talked to him the other night on the Facebook instant uh, message and, uh, I just I missed the podcast, so this is uh, in honor of him, my friend Mike, up in um, the Rock in uh, Newfoundland. All right. So, anyways, let's get to it. It's been a long time; feels like forever since we talked with the boys just last Friday, not even, you know. So, game one started on Saturday. We were all feeling really good. We lost uh, game one. That's okay, though. Uh, they. I don't know. It was a weird game one to me. Uh, dropped it on the road in Washington. You know, you expect it to be a tough game. It's been physical the first four games as we expected it to be. Uh, Washington's goalie goes out early, uh, pretty early, and Craig Anderson has to come in. Uh, but, yeah, we dropped the first game. Overall, I mean, it was a kind of a weird effort. A little sloppy, not really. But both teams, it, it was very even because both teams seem to have been having, they have some injuries or something over here, and we just can't get a shot anywhere actually in the net. Uh, any thoughts on game one? Yeah, I mean, just give it all. Tuca, give it. I mean, it was a, it was a rough shot, but Tom Wilson getting that first goal was just a, yeah. that was the killer. I'm like, is this the yeah. is this the way the series is going to start? We get a Tom Wilson goal uh, coming in, basically on the goal line, and just yeah. puts it over Tuca's shoulder with Chara on the ice. 
yeah, way, I know exactly. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Of course. <laughs> no, real quick, real quick, but good to see Jake Dabrowski and, um, um, and the start of something. We'll talk about it later on. Uh, but he gets his first goal in the first period, and uh, Nick Ritchie continues to contribute. Uh, he gets a second period goal. Um, so, uh, but unfortunately, it, 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 I mean, it was a, it was a sloppy, but there was times that you could see the intensity starting to build up. It's game one. Mostly to me, it was like a feeling out process. I know I say that a lot. It's very cliche, but um, it, it, it just set the tone. It really set the tone for the series. But unfortunately, Nick Dowd, who's been having a great series this year um, against the Bruins, um, uh, really got it done and, and, and ultimately secures the uh, the victory. So one down, but good things to come. And that was that the game that Lozon took the shot, or was that game two? He like blocked a shot. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I'm it might just, have been. I'm just reading the goal, the scoring. Okay, so anyways, uh, it was overall not the best playoff game I've ever seen, but again, pretty evenly matched. No one could seem to get it in. It seems to me that for, through the first two games, the top two lines on both teams seem to struggle a little bit to really get it done. Uh, but all the Tukarask haters came out in full force because, of course, it's oh, Tukas fault when it's like geez. really – Really, because the whole second period, there was a whole lot of shots just or even just pressure. Like, we couldn't get out of our own way in the second period. That concerned me a lot. Seven of nine goals. Andrew Raycroft said this on the Morning Brew Hockey Podcast with Billy Jaffe. I highly recommend this program. Very good show. And they have a a YouTube. Um, But no free ads. (laughs) Uh, They're awesome. um, He mentioned that seven of nine goals were deflections. That's it's. It, I know you're a goalie, the last line of defense, but you can't stop everything. When you're set up, you're set up for the first shot. When that stick touches the puck, you're set up for that to come at you. What you're not ready for is the deflections, and and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, and it in, and playoff hockey always comes on bad bounces like this. It's mm-hmm. it, it's so it the narrative is so crystal clear. So it's it, I, I just hate the two grass fucking haters because they they just oh what am i gonna do i'm almost at the point that i really want this guy to fucking retire because i don't want to hear this shit do. anymore we're gonna institute a segment that's called the two carrasque i stop pucks segment because that's <laughs> uh yeah or, but i mean we dropped game one that's all right though but go ahead yeah or, we should no go ahead well we'll, we'll move on to uh gonna, the next one we're gonna talk about it though i'm serious we're gonna do a tuka segment even next year if he's not on the team we're gonna do the i stop puck segment <laughs> just kidding <laughs> all right so we played again still in washington for game two i thought overall kind of a better effort i mean again not too much different than game one uh but this time we won in overtime right so that's really good. Four to three. Uh, let's see. DeBrusque got another goal because Jake DeBrusque, like there's like three playoff people we need. And one of them we need a little bit more of, but we need playoff Coyle, playoff DeBrusque and playoff Krejci. And we could go for a deep run. That's just my thing. But anyways, um, Oshie scored then, but then Bergeron scored. Hathaway, who's having, he's a little pest too, but he's having a good series just on the mention. Uh, he scored again, then Hall on a Butte, and Marshy wins it in overtime uh, from Matt Grizzlick and David Krejci. Uh, thoughts on game two? I thought not as sloppy as game one, but still kind of that Marshy same. Marshy overtime winner. Yeah. All that You know, Marshy, he's just, and he like jumped in the bench like, Whoa. Yeah, I, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that Taylor Hall goal um, just uh, really exemplifies his skill set because he just takes that puck 
gets it so close into the, like basically into the paint and just roofs it. Uh, uh, that was a beautiful goal. Um, what a moment. And, and uh, oh, I can't, I hope, really hope they sign <laughs> the Bruins sign this player because it's like, he's he just, fi- yeah, he finally found a coaching staff that knows how to use his talent. You mean, and he's happy. <laughs> like he's yeah. Taylor Hall hasn't played like this since he was still a hopeful 23 year old. I'm just saying. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Much better effort in my opinion. I uh, got it done in overtime, which is never a, Oh, I, me, to me, I always want to see games won in regulation. Uh, overtime is just a real, especially playoff hockey. It's so, like, nail-biting. I'm, like, going insane. Uh, practically have a freaking defibrillator right next to me moments because it's it's just, you know, anything could happen at, 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 a, at a bad bounce. Uh, things can change. But um, we're getting it done. I mean, that, now we're up two to one in the series. Uh, and I actually thought it would be a lot more closer than this, but it's uh it's it's looking good so far yeah um i thought that they looked better in there but it was nice to it's always nice to split you know like you want to at least take one of the first two and one of the second two it's always how you win the series but i don't know it's not done yet but we came home though for game three mighty quinn was the banner flag captain which is great and that was so cool man yeah little, little guy suffering from uh uh or is he in remission from brain cancer? Well, I thought it had he had come back with a spout. I don't know. If yeah, I thought in, I did read that, but I'm not totally sure about the uh, the exact what was going on now. Yeah, but still, the fact that he got to be there and uh, yeah, it was like you know, little class act you know, moment for the Boston Bruins organization right there. Well, and he's just such a big part. You know, Charlie Coyle, you know, is very close with them, and he's you know he loves the bees, and the bees have tried to the best they can support him and his family. And I'm just glad not all of us get to be there, and not even a full capacity gets to be there. But Quinn got to be there, and he proved to be the good luck charm in a thrilling double overtime. Uh, it seems every like half the playoff games of more than that have gone to overtime because yeah that's that, that's definitely the narrative these days yeah so it's like something that you have to do uh but yeah mighty quinn was there and we win our first home game since the dreaded game seven at a playoff game which everyone made a big deal about which i'm like why would why do you need to remind that, us of that like who cares like this is a different year why do you gotta depress us before you, you know you know those freaking bruins fans that love just dwelling on the history it's like it's like oh this happened in 1932. They'll never I recover. I don't need to keep reliving losing the Stanley Cup because it was only two years ago. <laughs> Let's I think remember of like a happy times, man. I still bleeding blood from it when I cry <laughs> because I pop some brain vessels at the, the oh my god. Okay. Anyways, but we win um the lot of shots. The Bruins put up a lot of shots which is good because everyone's always complaining they're not shooting enough and then the first two games they were shooting a good amount but they just still couldn't seem to get it in we were like ringing here there over there up over the crossbar whatever that and again washington's also struggled with this a little bit through the series but uh we no one scored till the second but ovi scored then taylor hall scored again from smith and miller uh dowd scored and third period on power play Marshan scored from Grizzlick and some other things. But anyways, they end up going to double OT, as you know, and Craig Smith on a total freakish miscommunication on the back end by the Washington Capitals that caused Ovechkin apparently to tell his goaltender not to go to sleep at night. And you don't sleep at night if Ovi says that because he's buddies with Vladdy. Um, no, in all seriousness, Craig Smith 
friggin' like way to be aware of what's going on. You know what I yeah. mean? So, whoo, oh, yeah. go ahead, talk about it, buddy. It was uh, <laughs> what in in a work it's school night. It's a school night, so <laughs> you know, staying up that late and so on was tough. But I I did it. I and it was a great moment. What and just Craig Smith is just eating up his time in this black and gold freaking jersey. He is mm-hmm. loving life, and we are loving him and the Don Sweeney for getting him at such a cap-friendly deal. Um, it, it just players like him coming into this lineup, it's so good because you can make complimentary moves elsewhere. You know, you're not hindering on him on a $6 million deal or anybody else, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's just Sweeney continues to get it done. Proves it at the freaking 2020 trade deadline by getting Taylor Hall in here, who is still just an unbelievable asset on this uh, Boston Bruins freaking um, team. It's just amazing. So They had more command, I think, in the third. They had a little more hop in their step. Uh, We did take, I think, a few stupid penalties in game three. We've been in and out of the box. Yeah, I mean, penalties happen, but there's been a lot of roughing penalties handed out in this series. It's like that's It's been a very physical series. Yeah, no, it's that's good though because we were worried, right? Everyone's always worried about are the Bruins big enough? Do they have physicality? <laughs> that's one for the YouTube viewers, and they can check that out. Um, uh, all right. So, anyways, Friday night was awesome. I personally, we put the TV on the back deck. Me and Barry watched the game. Oh, on nice. There. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful because it's been so hot. Um, I don't really like hot weather. My Viking blood hates it when it's this hot. But it was nice to sit outside because the mosquitoes aren't out yet because it's been so dry. Uh, but Big win. Yesterday, uh, Friday, I'm sorry, not yesterday, was the first full 60 full-on minutes that I have seen this Boston Bruins play in two months. Thank goodness. They played like they meant it, and they seemed to have good communication, and everyone was clicking like you're doing – like. People always say, whatever, Chris Wagner. I'm sorry, but Chris Wagner is on the ice for exactly what he's been doing through this series. Yeah, a little bit, you know. Like, this has been a very physical series, but we always talk about that, right? First two lines, a lot of different people have been getting points, and last night was not an exception to that rule. It was spread around, good team effort all around, except for, of course, we got, I think, a stupid too many men on the ice penalty, which I can't stand. Why on earth would that happen? But anyways, scoreless first, Brad Marchand from Pasternak and McAvoy in the second, Pasternak from McAvoy and Krejci in the third, Coyle from Dabrowski and Ritchie in the third. Ovechkin from Carlson and Backstrom, who's been very quiet. Nicholas Backstrom, I personally think. And Grizz gets the fourth goal from Charlie McAvoy and Taylor Hall. Uh, Grizz looks having a good series. McAvoy's having a great series. And they are just solidifying. Sorry, I'm not an expert, but every now and then I do have the right opinion. Like, Taylor Hall should be a Bruin. I've been holding that for a decade. That Matt and Grizz. Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy should just be our top pair and build around that. Like no one wants to listen, but the, it's been a great series for them all. And we'll talk more about them, but yay. When yeah. holy crap, we're up three, one in the series. Yes. Now it's, now it's three to one in series. So uh, it feels good. Um, it's, it comes down to tonight. I mean, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. It's, it's like 1241. We got about, Six and a half, probably eight hours. It uh, depends on the national coverage. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this could end tonight. We could have some very rested bodies because uh, right now the Islanders-Pittsburgh series is, is knotted up at two, I believe, right? 
or mm. one apiece, something like that. I know they're evened up, but no, I think it's two two. Yeah, that so Pittsburgh Islanders. Yeah, I know sometimes getting too much rest is scary. Uh, it's pretty much almost like the trend lately. With the Bruins in the playoffs, they don't really come out with a great effort in first game because of that rest, but they really quickly get involved into it like they did in this series uh, against the Capitals and, and they get the ball rolling. So um, we'll talk about uh, some matchups later on, some potential ones, but um, yeah, I just, this is the time you got to put the skate on these guys throats and you don't let up. You do not let up. Um, tonight's game is going to see uh, uh, Kevin Miller, obviously not in the lineup uh, due to yeah. uh, a concussion. Um, and Tenorti's making his uh, his uh, playoff appearance as a Bruin uh, tonight. He's going to be paired with Connor Clifton. And uh, the reason why Tenorti was out was because he had a broken nose. So I don't know if, if Mr. Tenorti is going to be scrapping anything tonight if things get physical because of that broken nose. But uh, he does add a little bit of physicality on the back end that might be needed to push some members around. Because it's going to Washington's going to come at us uh, at, at us tonight, and we're going to be have to be prepared. Because when a cat's in the corner and you, you're trying to get it, it's it's going to fight its way out. So, uh, all hands on deck tonight. No passengers. Yeah, um, I did want to just I was going to mention about Miller on Game Four going out just real quick. We'll circle back to that, but that's exactly tonight. Like, do I totally expect the Capitals at home to come out? willing to go to game six we already said it would probably go six games anyways because again they're kind of the same team in many ways and just kind of depends hopefully the Bruins play like they did on Friday if they do they are gonna steam the way into the second round which I think kind of shocked us all of us even the people who love the Bruins but um also if you're a capital I, I wanted to mention a couple things one Miller what did you think of the Orlov thing? I don't think he was targeting the head. I think he went up and yeah, like probably didn't expect it would hit as hard. And Miller really got more hit when he hit his head when he fell. You know what I mean? I don't know. Everyone was like crazy up and, I, and I'm like, I don't know. See, like that's an iffy one to me. He did seem like he was trying to make contact. He might have slid up, but I think he more got hurt. But I hope Kevin Miller's okay because the last thing that kid needs is like a another. Yeah, well, it is. It is a concussion. Well, yeah, but so obviously that's going to be X amount of time, but what kind of concussion is it? Is it a concussion right, in some right. of the 10 days? He'll be all right. And obviously you want to protect Kevin Miller anyways because of his injury history a little bit. You know what I mean? If yep. Tony can come in to I – mean, people have been playing on both sides too. Like we talked at the beginning of the year, the young defense. But the other thing was like what the F was up with that tweet from the Capitals on Friday? I God gave me another day and I'm out to make everyone pay for it with the OV picture. Did you see? And I'm thinking, okay, so then that night I'm thinking, yep. I wouldn't want to be a capital because Ovi might Mert, just like he's going back to Russia and not coming back to this place anymore. So anyways, I just wanted to know what you thought about the actual, was it a hockey uh, hit that went a little wrong or. Yeah, was it was he, just, yeah, it was just a, just a, a hockey player that went a little wrong. I don't think it was like targeting. It sucks. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, you never want to see anybody get injured at all or play like that for somebody out of the lineup. But, um, I'm not really good at what's a penalty and what's not and what's a suspension and what's not. I leave that to the the idiots in the freaking NHL front office, uh, clearly headed by George Paros, who's a moron in my opinion. Uh, anybody that says on that board uh, that, that does uh, dis disciplinary freaking actions uh, saying that 
the, the they didn't want to find Tom Wilson for hitting Brandon Carlo. I think you're just totally wrong, and you shouldn't be on that board. And I can call you up because I don't have two hundred fifty thousand dollars to pay you. So yeah. screw you. Call my lawyer. Also, <laughs> and you don't you don't care what we have to. Say. I, my right. thing is that's confusing. Is again, it always goes back to you're not even consistent in what you do do. Someone brought up the fact like the cadre thing was almost the same thing. He also is a repeat offender type guy. Wilson got a m- fucking million games for it in the preseason that got yeah, reduced. I was, like, listening you, to, you I was listening to you don't. I was listening to this. I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, and they were breaking it down on the eighteen uh, month rule. If you haven't done anything in eighteen months, you're not technically a freaking repeat offender. And that's probably why Wilson kind of scapegoated that. That's a stupid freaking rule too. Yeah. If you're a repeat offender, you're a repeat offender. Especially, it's like, I think, okay, then if we want to play it that way, instead of having the 18-month rule, why don't we have a 12-month rule? But if you get in trouble in the next eight, six months after you're off your probation, you get maximum it up to getting kicked out of the league if you've had X amount of three-game suspensions or whatever. I mean, let's be fair. Right. I mean, right. some, you people, some people can be dirty that aren't causing, like, major injury to other players, and they can get – you know, a hundred thousand dollar fine or whatever it might be. But like, yeah. So if you've had more than two, if you've had more than one, seven game suspension, then you are always a repeat offender or whatever, like make a more concrete rule from that. Uh, but again, um, it has been very chippy, very, very chippy. And, uh, it's going to continue, but before I think we have another thing we can start moving on. Do you have any other thoughts on that game? I mean, I nope. hope it was okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you obviously just hope everything's okay and in with with Mills and so on. It just you know, it sucks, but Oh, I did have one more th- just did you see the one when Taylor Hall he just decided just before we get to Tuga that he just decided to like jet in. I mean, he just decided he was coming here and there was one play and he didn't score or anything, but he literally just skated like Washington that's when I knew they were a hot mess when Taylor Hall just literally went by himself and almost scored on them. That's not the Washington Capitals, So they'll be feral tonight. So <laughs> be careful. All right, let's do one more. All right. So Tuka Rask, Tuka. Suck it, haters. Sorry. Tuka Rask. <laughs> Love it. Head of uh, Jerry Cheevers as the B's all time playoff winning goaltender that's right another number one record for Tuka Rask oh I'm sorry Jeez. but he's a sucky goaltender Mark I just didn't know uh any thoughts on you about the Tukes and- no just just continuing to to rack up the numbers and facts and and everything else that that haters lo- hate to hate hate to hear you know so I mean the guy's just it's a, a class he's a class act you listen to Billy Jaffe, you listen to Andrew Raycroft, and I know he's a former goaltender and so on, so he's a little biased to the position, but those guys are always saying that the organization loves this guy. They absolutely love this guy and what he's doing, and 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 as a franchise, you, you have to give kudos to the numbers and so on. So, um, yeah, you know, it's he's just a polarizing it, it, player in, in Boston and, and – you know, I, I'm just happy that he's able just to shrug it off his shoulders and just go out there and do the best Tuka he can be. Yeah. Just a couple more thoughts on him. Uh, just so the really the haters really want to hate, he's now 17th on the NHL all-time for 
uh, most wins in the yeah. playoffs as a goaltender. So whether he's here or not next year, and it, he'll probably assumingly play somewhere, hopefully here, um, he can't pass, obviously, like the Ruas and Brodors of the world, but he just doesn't have enough time in his career anymore, you know, but he can actually get himself up into the top 10 if he plays another the rest of these playoffs and if he gets through playoffs next year. So that's something to keep in the so seventeenth all time. Yeah, history. That's, that's history there. That's over a hundred years of history right there. And you're mm-hmm. in like a top 10 role, top 15. That's not bad, folks. That's nothing yeah. to bitch about. Also, Tuca has looked extremely relaxed this playoffs. Yeah, I don't very. remember him looking this relaxed in since like game four of 2019. Yeah. What what I what I really noticing is Tuca's timing on how the Capitals are setting up the one timer from Ovechkin. He's already in I mean, it's no you look at a freaking uh, a heat map, you know exactly where the hell. Ovechkin's office is and it's awesome that when the pass is happening Tuka's already freaking ready square and set to go for that one timer to come at him so his timing positioning and calmness in the crease is really what I'm noticing and that is something you want to see in the first round but you it also gives the rest of the players on that bench the confidence that this guy wants to go on a fucking serious run Let's fucking go. Yeah. Sorry we're about doing the F-bombs. I'm just excited. Yes. It's playoff hockey. Oh, you swore before I did, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So speaking of – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to take a second. I would like to um, remind everyone that our show, we also have a great uh, partnership with Blue Chew. Um, Blue Chew helps you get confidence and performance where you need it. Everybody knows where that is in the bedroom or maybe not the bedroom, wherever. Wherever, if you need a little energy, uh, endurance boost, uh, a little bit of help sometimes to get to the end game, to the game-winning goal, you need to go to bluechew.com. So bluechew is the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take it anytime, day or night. You don't need anything in your stomach whenever you get a chance. And if you need it, you need the little assist, the little apple. Just take some blue chew. They is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, and they ship it to you in a discreet packaging, so you do not have to go to the doctors or wait in line for anything like that. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, like I said, and they ship it to you. No awkwardness. You don't have to leave the house. They give you send it to you to your house. You just go out, and when you're ready to get it on. You help with your Blue Chew. Okay, so black and gold listeners, go to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com, like the color, yes. Put in black and gold, all capitals, black and gold, and you will receive your order for free. You just pay $5 for shipping. So go in, promo code black and gold, free. Shipping, go, please, because I want everybody to feel like they are Craig Smith, and it is the double overtime of game three. Of the Stanley Cup playoffs, longevity, guys. Longevity. Ooh, yeah, that's don't what I'm saying. get the double game over. over in the first period. Yeah, go Ooh. all out and nail that double overtime. Full sixty minute effort, boys. Full sixty minute effort. You know what I'm saying? Okay, 
or maybe even into a double overtime. That's fine. Do what you need Absolutely. to do, but go to Blue Chew. Thank you, Blue Chew. Sorry, I started losing it there for a second, people, but it's because I'm so distracted because I, I personally don't need Blue Chew because I just replay Craig Smith scoring goals or sexy Taylor Hall goals or whatever's going on. Marshy <laughs> jumping. That's what gets me going. So let's nice. continue, shall we, talking about the boys? Nice. All right. So David Pasternak finally scored a goal. Yeah. Do you think certainly this did? The beginning of, I mean, I think he's been playing myself. I personally think he's been playing well. And we talked a little of that last time. Uh, not as well as he can, but do you think this is the beginning kind of a spark to him? Maybe gets that kind of pressure. I haven't scored. I haven't scored. He's trying to out OVOV in the same circle. It's not working for him. Listen, let's let's face it. We need a David Passanak that is a point production master. Um, that's what we need in the playoffs. But we also need it in other areas too. Um, you know, first, second line, third line, so on. But I've just noticed in times of struggle, and like like we like you said earlier when we're talking about the Washington Capitals series, how it's been real physical and so on. I'm noticing what a lot of other Twitter folk out there in the Twitterverse are seeing too when they message me or they they get me involved in, into a conversation saying, "Are you guys seeing something different when?" in Pasenak's game when the physicality is brought to him. Like he's getting hit, he's getting targeted, not for like, you know, hits that are going to injure and so on, but it's tight coverage, to put it that way. You know what I mean? So, um, and and the way he bounces back and gets up and, and fights through it and so on, it's just, he just doesn't seem very comfortable. Same thing with David Krejci too. I will mention that they're really physical on, on Krejci. Um, which is kind of weird because now they're focusing everything on David because he might be that slower player, but they can't frigging catch Hall, you know? So yeah. the guy's on the same line. It's like, you're going after somebody, but somebody else is just going right by you. Well, yeah. that's not a very good plan. But I do see uh, Pasternak struggle a little bit. I kind of wonder if this is the, the, the latter parts of a season after a hip surgery that he's kind of feeling because he might not – might not be playing at a hundred percent. You, you could, like I said several times before, in with uh, hip injuries, you can play, but you're not playing at a hundred percent. You need to rest a full year to play at a hundred percent the following season. So uh, there might be some uh, some previous injuries that might be hindering him a little bit, especially on the one timer. It almost seems like his his pivot point is just a little off, or something's there. But with that goal that we're talking about might be something that he gets like we will get another one tonight and then that confidence is over uh powering what he might be ailing or the struggles he might be going through you never know so i mean get, get him on board with everybody else and and i mean just get that that secondary scoring the top line rolling which we've seen with bergeron and, Ma- and marshan marshan's been a freaking beast this playoffs mm-hmm. a guy on a mission we'll talk about him later on but yeah. if you get complimentary Pasternak involved in that point production. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to call the the moment, but you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's something that you can build on going into the second round where, where you're not going to see a team. We'll talk about it later. That might not be so physical, but it might be a little more offensive. So uh, good things coming from David. I hope, you know, hope everything is well, you know, but, it might be the times too. He's a young man. And he's a young man in his twenties, and and we've heard freaking players that are in the twenties that don't like to be, 
you know, sheltered and so on during these freaking stupid pandemic times. So, I mean, it could be a, a bunch of avenues that are going on with David right now, but hopefully yeah. he, he snaps out of it. And not as the least that his girls having their baby anytime, you know, in the next little bit. So yeah. I'm sure it's, but I do, I, it probably is maybe a little as timing and all that's thrown off from the hip, but I'm, I'm glad to see that unlike other times when he goes through the scoring slumps, he's not disappeared. Like you still at least see him on the ice. Do you know what I mean? And he, and, and I'm glad that top line isn't disappearing together because sometimes it's either they're all together or none of them are doing it. Well, besides Marshawn, he always seems like he has to get something done during a game. But, um, yeah, so hopefully this sparks him to get, be a little more offensive on himself, you know, maybe get – you're right, because you need him to be a point-producing monster if you got – you know, as you go deeper, you like, again – like I was joking, you got to score more goals. Please let them score more goals than the other yeah. team. Like that's really simple. Um, I did feel a little bit in game th- uh, two, they were doing the fancy passing crap again. Oh, and like again, God. this team is so good when they keep it simple. We're faster than a lot of other teams. We have a lot of guns now. Like you said, please let us keep Taylor Hall. I, I, I continue to call it the Hoosier complex. It's almost like freaking Gene Hackman out there in Indiana, freaking 11 passes before you take a shot. No, if you have a lane, take the shot. (laughs) Do we have to get the Gretzky quote out there that you you don't score on 100% of the shots you don't take? (laughs) Yeah, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And at least they're shooting though. (laughs) Well, um, every school classroom in the world has it on the wall. (laughs) My thing is we need to see more of, game four like that solid like they need to come in and even if they lose today they need to come in and blast on Washington like they they know that Washington just so you know we still have your number so good luck coming back to the garden yeah and and, and my thing about tonight's game against the Capitals on the road is and do it in regulation obviously get it done in regulation I gotta go to work tomorrow um but but also also it's like go up get that point production going they get that point train rolling early because if you happen to have lapses where you're trying too hard and you make a mistake it's not so bad it's not like one-to-one for freaking 60 minutes and then go back into overtime with that one opportunity could just be a bad bounce and end the night and and pretty much pull washington kind of back into the series we got to get the skate on the throats, don't let up, but constantly get those freaking points. Because if there's a defensive mistake, a forward mistake, a bad turnover, which we've seen several times, mm-hmm. you want to have, you want to be ahead of the game against a team like this. Because I mean, a series can switch just like this. And I, I do have to quote somebody on Twitter that says, "Take it easy on the who are we gonna play next next um, series? We haven't even got completed this one. I totally get that because things can change so easily. But you also feel good about being up three to one against a team like this. Yeah, this series should not be three one. It should be three two at the, or whatever this point or not three two. Jeez, that's the worst. Out two two and. Maybe three. I don't know, because definitely the first two games could have gone either way. So, like, yeah. again, more like better play like you did at home than the sort of not on target sloppy. But again, you're right. It's the beginning of the playoffs. Everyone's got to hustle a little. Uh, we had to all wait like 
certain teams messed up schedules. So some teams were done more than others. So some teams had more practice than actual games leading up to the playoffs. I mean, just being closer, getting done wise, schedule wise, obviously not everyone had the same games, but all right. So that's that pasta. Come on playoff pasta. We need you to get in the mix. What's up guys. We need a little bit of fun pasta. Give them Bobby girl on full repeat, whatever you need to do to pump that kid up and get them going. Okay. Moving on. Studs and duds of the week. Okay. This is a hard one this week. It is for me too, because I'm going a couple. <laughs> I'm gonna add I'm gonna add to the the studs and duds serum here that um uh do you want to go first or you want me to? You go, go ahead. I'm gonna take two studs and two players that kicked it up a notch when we needed them the most. And their talents were on display. Their fierce fighting, getting back into this game, has to go to Taylor Hall and Brad Marsham. Because in this series so far, they've shown that they've gone above and beyond to uh, get get back into the game with tying goals. You know, and just and it's been great. Um, the the duds for me. And and I've seen spurts of Sean Corrali freaking getting a little better, but the turnover machine is still freaking turning over. Um, and I like his speed. I, I hate crapping on the kid all the time, but uh, he's one for me. Wagner, another one that I found him turning his game around uh, in the four to one win. I really didn't see much earlier in this in this series that you know said hey we really need this guy in the lineup i could be wrong i'm just i'm just one with an opinion and i see different things but i want to see more of what we saw in the four to one win on friday night from chris wagner i think he was more engaged i think he was more that that pesty type player like oh you want to get in my player's face i'm going to get in yours um so and not more of the uh the mismatch of uh of weight and so on from other players so all right um those are good studs to have. Um, I think those are good choices because these two have been doing fucking everything. Everything. All all uh, thirds of the ice. They are look very good. I mean, not like everyone's perfect, but just they get it done and they're showing real... Um, like they're going to drag the team forward even when it's messy, and that's good because you need to have those players to do that, like that, you know that's how you end up winning in overtime is to get people that like, come on, man, like let's get up and go. Come with me. Let's get it done. And they just, so did, you, I so was going to say, I was going to take Marshawn as one, but I had a hard time because I really think that Charlie McAvoy has been so goddamn studly this week that it's like, we joke like, Oh, he's a defensive stud, but no, this kid is like, a grown man now and going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> even yeah. more awesome. Maybe even more awesome than we all expected or wanted him to be. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't want to talk much about him because we do have a topic dedicated right. to him. So <laughs> um, my dad, definitely. I just, I love Sean Corrali. Okay. And if he played like the Sean Corrali, I need him to be, I wouldn't mind if we re-signed him when he becomes a UFA or whatever and things like that. But right now, I'm going to say it. Ready, Mark? I would rather Trent Frederick be there. Oh, my God. 
I know. Oh my I god! I just heard a part of the small think, part of the fan base. I uh, probably just gasped for air. Well, let me explain because I really think Sean Corrali needs a day off to just clear his head because they kept benching DeBrusque, Wags got benched. But Sean Corelli and Coyle, when they still weren't doing their thing either, never took a day to think about what they've done or not done, right? And I think that Sean Corelli would probably benefit from having time to clear his head, to figure out what his game wants to be. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I can't. I don't want to say, I don't want, I don't like saying bad things about Sean Corelli because I really love him and he's a good Bruin and he's a good teammate yeah. and everybody loves him. And I just really, need him well, to get his shit together. For me, it's a fan base that says, um, well, we don't need Trent Frederick. We don't need big boy punch a lot. Oh, oh, oh. but where weren't these the same people that said in 2019 that we need to be more physical in the playoffs? Well, what happened? You need players like him on the ice. I'm not saying that he's going to be the type of player that's just going to go around and run a mock, but it's okay for Washington players, uh, Garnet Hathaway and freaking Tom Wilson to freaking do something like that. Well, where's where's our policing, you know? And and I don't know. I just I don't get how by it uh, how bipolar. Sorry, that's what that's the better word. This fan base can be because they sway on on everything. It's like you say this one time, but then he's not in the lineup, and and the physicality is not there, and then you constantly complain. So it's like I don't get it. I don't. For me, why I said Trent Frederick is just because one he could replace Corrali at center for a game. Uh, uh, that's good, good in the face-off. I don't need him to be fighting fucking Irish Trent Frederick or whatever the fuck, like like that punchy. Unless, of course, it's warranted. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you don't need to go looking for that kind of fight. But if Miller's going to be out, and we know he's going to be out if we make the second round, at least probably to start it, because he's got to be in, we don't know what, grade concussion. But at minimum, we know seven to ten days or how many games that would translate to, right? Um. We need someone, though, that has that physicality. That's partly why Tenorti's going back in, because he is, you know, him and Riley, like, they serve to be that kind of the Kevin Miller and Carlo, like, the not tough guy on the back end, but more solid. Oh, right. speaking of that, that's my thing with Pasternak. Stay on your damn skates. I understand if you're one-timers off because of your hip, but Jesus Christ, you're not 12 pounds. People, David Krejci doesn't get knocked down every time he gets mauled, does he? He stays on his feet. Pasta, you're too old to keep falling down on your skates. It's like watching a mic game sometimes. Need you to be bigger. Play bigger, they say, right? Play bigger than you are. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, I just, Crowley, it's just, I don't know. But that's why I said Trent Frederick, not because I have now have a big love of relationship with Trent Frederick, but just, I need, I need curls to get a shit together. Cause we're going to need him. If we want to go deep, we need that fourth line to do what it does. Um, and then every, it kind of, when he's off or coils off, it throws those bottom three line, two lines into just kind of a weird chaotic. And then we yeah, start just. Shoving yeah. So that's all I want. That's my dud. But although I, in my heart, I could also give Mac like a stud of the week just because I love him and right. everyone underrates him and they continue to underrate him and just do your thing, Charlestown. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> sorry, it's getting silly. It's hot. I'm getting the vapors. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Vapors. We're going to no. keep going. We're going to keep going. I'm just, yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. So this is definitely so. People got all up in an uproar about whether Orloff should have got something or not. But Anthony Mantha, the frustration broke through. 
you can see uh, if you got the Mantha off his game to the point that he's going to end up fined, uh, you can see a little bit of the Sharks circling uh, the Capitals, but to, he was uh, interfered on Tuka Rask, uh, $5,000 fine. Uh, but there is a debate of was that excessive given it's the playoffs and like kind of how, again, intent and situational. I heard Razor say that like he's a big intent person. Me too. It's more like what your intent. Sometimes bad, you know, things happen or whatever, but what did you think about that? Do you think it was... I mean, it's always, that's the max I can do by the CBA, whatever. Yeah, junk yeah, I, I, it, that that whole thing, it is what it is. But um, Did you even think it was warranted to get a fine on? Well, I mean, well, he freaking crashed in that pretty hard. Right. I agree you with know? that. But that happens a lot. You know what I mean? But, I yeah. mean, I'm not arguing for or against it. I mean, more, I or less, should... more or less, I like the response from Tuca. Yeah. You know, it's getting tired of the shit. I mean, he's been mm. dealing with it all year. And it was it was about time that somebody like Hathaway, who's who's been known to get, who I'm sorry, Mantha, to um to get into the net and and cause havoc and try to make you know the opponent nervous, and Tuka wasn't having it. So the response for me is better than the fine. I'd rather give six punches to that that guy in the in the head with my blocker than uh you know what, what he's gonna pay and. And minimal like sense, you know, it's just like, come on. But I have nothing wrong with a goalie being like, I think goalies should have to protect. Like, I don't think goalies no. should be assholes and whack people, you know, on the back of the legs as they're going by. This but if someone gets in their face, I want a goaltender to be just as tough as if someone did that to a, you know, whatever Wilson there's a or threshold. Whoever, like, you know, like there's definitely a threshold when it comes to goaltenders and, 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 you know, when they get run, it's just time to snap and, you know, and you could all want to see when he was throwing punches, the referee on top of the freaking net just going, hey, you do one more, Tuka, I'm going to call it. <laughs> hey, Tuka, every now and then just kick your, your net off its mooring and lean back into your hammock and just hang there for a play. No, I'm sorry. Right. Just, right. I'm just kidding. All right. So I don't know. I I don't know a $5,000 fine thing, but it, he did crash him hard. But it just is, like I said, this just goes back to me more of, what I don't get the rules at player safety. I just don't understand what the standards are of this for that or this for that, even when it is the same thing. You know what I mean? Like you can hack a dude in the nuts for five grand or you could goaltender interfere, you know, like kind of a roughing interference. Whatever. I just thought of this, Heather. While we're still on this before I change the topics. Is is the five thousand is what they make per their salary, correct? It's like an average. Um, all about numbers. Like you make this amount of money, but it's allowable by this. Yeah, it's well, like guess, guess what? They don't get paid to play in the playoffs, which is weird. Oh, yeah, bonuses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like well, so I don't, I don't get that. The, well, why the CBA would be involved uh, when you're when your players are not being paid in the playoffs. Maybe they just maybe by maybe per CBA the fines stay the same. Yeah, probably. It might be. Right. I don't know. That's just that. I I don't know if that's not a little excessive, but I also think two shitty things. But I'm glad my goaltender is tougher than you and half your team right now. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we persevere. Um, Charlie fucking McAvoy. He's a yo beat. Charlie Chucky. Let's do it. <laughs> He's a goddamn beaut. So. He comes into his own as a blue, like he's a legit, he's going to win the Norris. Like, I know we keep saying that. Maybe not this really, year, but soon. 
Huh? Yeah. Like soon. Like exactly. Like he's coming into a sweet spot for an age for a defenseman where he's still young for a defenseman and he's gonna, but yeah, I can't when he's like 27, man, we it's, I can't, but uh, anyways, big for him uh, the other day, he got, he was, the, he's only the fifth player uh, in the, oh, geez, what was that? He's only the fifth defenseman in Bruins history to get three power play assists in the play in a playoff game. And the second, the last two, 32 years, the other one was Tori Krug in 2019 game three. So uh, I don't know. He's just, he's becoming, he's the new Bork. He's going to be Bork, you know, in another 20 years. He'll be the one that everybody loves and remembered and got to play, just like we remember fondly watching our young, you know, watching our Ray Bork since we were young, you know? Yep. yep. Really, you've seen, you know, we got, we got to watch his whole career mostly. And I know I, I don't know. know. So, Started I don't know. In 1979. I just, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, you're old enough. I'm, I'm a little too young to remember the first few years, oh, but definitely up, like. Well, I'm just saying I'm younger than you, but um, yeah, I mean, I didn't bring my numbers and everything, but let's just, I mean, if you have eyes, you can see Charlie McAvoy. He's good on the defense. He's good on the offense. He's fucking hustling. He's another guy who's like getting it done when it's a little sloppy, maybe for other people happening a turn. He's holding that. Like we talked about, you got to stand up on the blue line. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Whipping around him and Grizzly just are a match made in damn heaven. Like I just, I'm not they're not perfect by any means, but they definitely are using their veteran presence because really it's sadly on the back end, like Charlie McAvoy. Well, I mean, he's not the oldest one back there representing, but close enough. Right. And I, I don't know. I just I don't have the numbers, but he's fucking awesome. He's gotten a lot of points so far, thus playoffs. He had a great season, really offensively his in, this year breaking out. And I just love him and I hope we keep him forever. The growth in his game is just you have to pay homage to um, the uh, the big guy on the other side of the of the ice uh, and Dana Shower on on how a player like Z groomed McAvoy for these types of situations um, and it comes from above you know and and that's I wasn't you know and, and a lot of the listeners know that I'm not a huge Shower guy but you, you cannot discredit the the things that he did for this young defensive core as they, they're the next ones. They're moving in. Next man up. Let's go. Let's go. And Charlie Mack just really fed into that. And you could see the relationship that they had. Um, so it, it it's great to see. We are seeing a next superstar, in my opinion. You're going to see probably two or three, maybe five, six, who knows, Norris trophies out of this out of this um, defenseman because he can, he can be the – not that it's so shut down, but but he can get in your face in the defensive zone, but he can also do it point pro, uh, uh, by point production, and he gets involved in the play, the give and goes, which I've seen a lot more lately uh, during these playoffs when he crosses the line, gives it to a player, and then skates uh, towards the net, which is you know, it's not unheard of, but you know you normally don't see that type of play. But when you have an offensive defenseman like him, you want to see more of that especially in situations where you need to get ahead um, by a, a couple few if you make a mistake on the back end. Yeah, he's the prototype of that next generation defenseman we've been talking about. That's the balance of the two. He's doing, he's like a, like Victor Hedman. You know, we talk about players like him who really are kind of what this in the new hockey way that things happen. Uh, Jimmy, Mur Jimmy Murphy sh shared a, a kind of funny eight minutes ago 
in his latest um, Boston Hockey Now Daily, uh, is NHL Charlie McAvoy an early Conn Smythe candidate? That's an interesting topic right there. I think we're a little too early in the playoffs to talk Conn Smythe. <laughs> but uh, if we were giving out the Conn Smythe for this series so far, then yes, he would be up there. Uh, a lot, yeah. Sorry, Jim, but we're a little – if we're not going to talk about really, except for in generals, if we go to the second round, I don't think we should be talking about Con Smythe yet. I mean, who knows? But uh, that's funny. I'm sorry. I got thrown off. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just want to um, – he just really – you can see him, like, this is his moment, and he knows it. And like you said, does Chara, he absorbed everything Chara had to give. And whether you liked Sedano, you know, just personally at defensive, how he plays, whatever, um, not as a person. Because if you don't like Sedano Chara as a human being, there's something wrong with you because he's a really solid fucking human being that anybody should want to be around. Uh, but wow. Chara, the, the student really learned from that teacher and he's figuring out how to implement all that Chara wisdom and knowledge that he helped, you know, gain along the way and make it his own. And God, he's going to, oh, I just love Charlie Mackle. He's <laughs> the you boys. I, I might, all right, but I'm biased. Right. So I love the yes, you boys, are. but sometimes I'm right. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's that. But no, just wanted to mention Charlie McAvoy, super stud of the week. Cause he just, he's like everywhere you need him to be everywhere you need him to be. All right. Absolutely. That's that one. Charlie, hope you have a big night tonight, buddy. Yeah, me too. Hopefully you get some points and, and, you know, make it a, a solid game so you can get the uh, Con Smythe uh, writers and voters up there. You know? so you Win the uh, Smythe. All right, this is, getting, this is getting crazy. So why don't we take a break? We'll hear from Bruce Sullivan. He is the awesome person from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. And, uh, yeah, he's um, got, got an awesome Facebook page that you should be following to win free stuff by simply sharing and liking uh, his stuff. So let's hear from him and all the uh, great uh, people that have uh, he's seen this week for private signings. I heard that um, uh, Johnny Busick was with him. Andy Moog recently was with him. We're, we're going to get a jersey for, for that. And I also bought a, uh, a Matt Grizzlick hand-signed uh, jersey. So I'll show you pictures of that for the YouTube viewers later on when we talk about our Patreon campaign. But let's hear from Bruce, and we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are very honored to have hosted Bruins legend Andy Moog at last Friday's private signing. Get your Andy Moog puck for 29 photo for 28 or JSA authenticated white or black style jersey for just $99 delivered. Today, we have the chief, Johnny Busick. Get a Busick Bruins white, black, or gold jersey for just $89. A 1970 all-star jersey for just $129. Busick photo for 28 or puck for just 29 Score with our Bruins JSA authenticated Autographed jerseys, Cheevers or O'Reilly, $79, Middleton, Sanderson, Grizzlick, or Coyle, $89, or Bobby or GNR authenticated jersey for $329. Grab a puck from Brad Park for $35, Phil Esposito for $55, or Bobby Orr for $149. For more information on our dozens of Bruins 
hand-signed pieces in your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Hey, Bruins fans, we're back, and we just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan. And uh, you can go to his Facebook page and, and check out some awesome stuff, win some free stuff, inquire about some free stuff. He's got a, a lot of different avenues that you can t- direct Talk to him directly about getting some uh, hand-signed stuff that uh, it's just amazing. And great prices, too. Unbelievable prices to uh, upgrade your fan cave. It's amazing. But if you do get a hand-signed jersey from him, please go to blackandgoldhockey.com. Click on the fanatics.com banner and um, buy yourself a jersey case that you can mount up on the wall uh, and uh, preserve that jersey for years and years to come and hand it down to your to your children or somebody growing up that's going to be a Bruins fan. So anyway, let's get back to the hockey talk because there's a Bruins game tonight and we got to hurry this shit up. So, I know. Heather, let's go. All right. So I just wanted to say a minute about Brad Marchand. He is started off the week giving a sign stick away to a little girl in the stands in Washington because yeah. he noticed that she got, you know, puck Hit over the whatever during warm-ups and uh, – that was really solid, and that probably little girl is sensible and knows Brad Marchand's a stud, so she was probably happy to have that for her collection. And even just uh, the other day when he went down, like went out of his way to go down and like, what's up, Cliffy? You know, like the little things like that. Like those are important things that I think is what we've been talking about. The Bruins have had a hard time maybe knowing in the post-Char era into the Bergeron era. They they have their identity, but they lost how to be their identity for a little bit. And it's those things that I think is really bringing the team back together. And they're really starting to have that bond and people are settling into their actual roles because it's been a roller coaster ride all year between trying people out and injuries or whatever. So I just want to say Brad Marchand, not only is he fucking just a pleasure to watch on the ice even though he gets yeah he gets a little ratty sometimes but generally speaking that guy is a complete player all around all three zones he's beautiful to watch on there and he's also probably a pretty solid guy even if he is a little bitch on the ice sometimes to be honest with you heather i would uh, just by what he provides point production as a leader and his career Let's just put it that way. There's so many different assets of, of, of Brad Marchand. I know he could be a rat, but little ball of hate. Everybody hates him, but they'd love him to be on, on their team. You know, he is the type of person right now and having the year of a, of a heart-worthy um, um, a nomination. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he's just having that type of year, and he's been building up for this. These are things that commonly don't happen when you grow older. Um, so we, I don't, I mean, Brad Marchand is in his, uh, uh, what low thirties. Yeah. So what are we going to expect, uh, by the, by the time his contract is over in a couple of years, uh, is he going to be even better than what we're seeing right now? Who knows, but he continues to get it done. Uh, and that goal, that goal that, that he, um, there was a shot, the puck went up and he just like batted it behind the goalie. Amazing. Just the hands, the. The, uh, the 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 craftiness of, of this player is amazing. Uh, he, 
He's a little freaking guy, but he can just stop on a dime. So I, I love the little bastard, and uh, I hope he, he stays as a Bruin in a while. But, you know, talk about Hall of Fame. I, oh, uh, could be a Hall of Fame. Who knows? Maybe. He's got himself some gold medals in the Olympics. That seems to be. Did you win an Olympic gold medal or did you, and did you win the Stanley Cup are the two major things? Unless, of course, you're one of those people whose numbers just are, like, ridiculous. But, yeah, like, let's expand maybe the parameters on that. Okay. So, I'm like, I have so much to talk about. We're going to think. Okay. So, um, Bergeron passes Zdeno Chara as the second place of most playoff appearances as a Bruin all time. Uh, fitting he passes he as they passed on the captaincy to each other. Uh, but Bergie's not done yet, at least next season. He's got at least another season in him. And uh, he very well may end up catching uh, Ray Bork, right, who's the most appearances all time and, again, all around Bruins legend. And I don't know, Bergeron just keeps proving why he is going to be in the rafters. He's probably going to be a Hall of Famer if he's not. First I don't know. ballot. First ballot Hall of First Famer. First ballot. I mean, if he's not, then I don't. I really don't understand the voting process for the the uh, whatever the secret council of six <laughs> people or whoever we'll gets talk to about that secret council and a couple uh, <laughs> yeah. couple topics um, down the list here. I trust some of them, and some of them, I'm like, yeah, like I don't think you should get to decide. Like I don't know, but um, right. <laughs> anyways, uh, Bergeron's awesome. He can't catch him, you know, this year, but he's only th- I think thirty because now Patrice as of today, has a 153, and Bork has 180. So Bergeron could very well, again, just uh, like we said about um, Tuca, can just keep bumping up on the all-time lists of things, and not just in the Bruins, but in a general organization. And I got to think that Zidane Char, who sometimes I feel like he's annoyed to be a Washington Capitol. They crash into each other. They like It's just like they're kind of a hot mess. But I think he probably was very proud of Patrice Bergeron to see him keep truck trucking doing the bergy things because yeah another great relationship for a long time i love bergeron what he provides to this team the the leadership factor is just second to none um but but he also gets it done on the ice he's a he's a he's like the perfect finisher in my opinion um and that's just my opinion not talking factual um but you know it, it i the way he ends seasons and you hear that the injuries that they battled through um, in their, you know, in their um, exit interviews and so on, like, Oh, I punctured long broken rib. You know, like, I don't know how we, I don't know how a player like that continues to age, put his body through all that and, and still be effective on the ice on and off the ice, put it that way. Uh, just a, an absolute warrior, love him to death. Uh, big Bergen Hyman fan here. Uh, but um yeah, it's just you know, I, I I think he can definitely pass that. I think he can catch Ray Borg too because this seems this Boston Bruins organization seems to me like it is prepared to build on many successful um, playoff appearances in the in the upcoming future. I think we could probably go through. Remember, I remember there was a time that the Bruins uh, were in the playoffs for like almost thirty freaking years in a row. You know, I, I think that that's the type of thing that could possibly happen. Uh, in the very near future. So, uh, you know, to build, you have to have uh, a foundation. Foundations you have like Bergeron around are just good, good, 
good karma in my opinion. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's our weekly Bergeron's awesome. As if you people who are listening to us don't know, because he really is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bergie's awesome. Margie's awesome. Tuka's awesome. Peter's just kidding. Yes, yes. All right. Moving on. Stay focused. Game tonight. Game tonight. We got to get game prepped. All right. So. (laughs) All right. So, um. What do we have next? What are we doing here? Oh, okay. So, uh, former Boston Bruins player Herb Kane keeps getting the snub from the Hockey Hall of Fame. This is a topic that Mark has um, some good information on and would like to discuss. Uh, and that's a little bit of our little digs at the Hockey Hall of Fame from a few moments ago revolves a little around this. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about Herbert Kane and why you think he's getting snubbed or deserves to be in there. I'm actually teeing up a little bit of uh, a conversation now on the pod about this but i'm also getting it um information ready for an article that's coming out on blackandgoldhockey.com um herbert kane is a very interesting story uh and some family members have reached out to me they started a petition on change.org i'll put the the notes the show notes in the um i'll put the link to uh, the petition in the show notes below but um it's a very interesting story about, and we, we, you know, we we did dabble a little bit in the Hall of Fame talk earlier, uh, especially on the break before we uh, went to um, hear from Bruce Sullivan. But um, the the way that they induct Hockey Hall of Fame players that uh, have the ultimate honor of being enshrined in the in the hall is 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 weird, and it just seems like generations earlier are being overpassed by. The, the newer hockey mantra of today. Like, uh, for instance, I brought up uh, Jerome McGinley, fantastic hockey player, um, a builder in the black community as, as somebody as to be inspired for everybody to play or everybody can play. Uh, Point-producing master in Calgary, came to Boston, played in Pittsburgh. We all know the story about Jerome McGinley, but the thing is, is he didn't win a Stanley Cup. And a lot of the things to me and the narratives that I keep reading are that Stanley Cup success is like kind of like a shoe win for, for Hall of Fame induction. And if that is like the threshold of winning and so on and successful seasons, I don't understand why former Boston Bruins Herbert Kane is not getting inducted in the Hall. And I think he's being snubbed and it's been 66 years so far. So I did a little bit of research on this and, and, uh, he was born on December 24th in 1912 in Newmarket, Ontario, Canada. He started his professional hockey career with the Montreal Maroons during the 1933-34 NHL regular season and would spend five years with the club before the team moved uh, on to be known as the Canadiens after the 1937-38 campaign. Per wikipedia.com, at the beginning of the 1939-40 season, Kane was a holdout in the Montreal Canadiens training camp, negotiating for a better contract uh, and salary. Montreal would put an end to the contract talks and traded Herb to the Boston Bruins for two players. In 1944, he won the scoring title with uh, a record 82 points in 42 games. That record stood until he uh, Gordie Howe, one was 86 points in 1951. Um, in 1945, Herb asked for a raise on his contract, 
but uh, was denied by Boston GM Art Ross, who followed up the refusal by sending Herb to the Hershey Bears and prohibited any other team uh, from trading for him. He went on to win Hershey's franchise first call the cup. Kane would play in Boston for seven years, appearing in 316 games and contributing 140 goals, 118 assists, 258 points. In 45 Stanley Cup playoff games with the black and gold, he posted 14 goals, 11.25 totals, 25-point totals. Um, Herbert was eligible for the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1955 and remains the only player in the history of of the NHL to lead the league in points and not be in the hallowed halls of the Toronto, Canada facility. Kane led the NHL in scoring during the 1943-44 season where he posted 36 goals, 46 assists, and 82 points. Kane was a two-time Stanley Cup champion, winning one in Montreal with, with the Montreal Maroons in 1935 and the other with Boston in 1941. So 66 years later, Herb, Herb has still not uh, gotten his call to the hall. And I think that's kind of wrong, in my opinion. And I, we talked about this during the, uh, our, our mid-show break that, you know, yes, certain members should be absolutely voted on. Uh, um, women's category has been in the fold now for many years, which is very important. And a builder's category, why don't we just make the – the, the proceedings, the festivities, or whatever you want to call it, a little wider and bring in more people so we have the spots to acknowledge some of these older generations, some of these pioneers from the 20s and 30s that are being overshot by what's going on today and, and who's being in the hall uh, at this particular point. So uh, that's all I wanted to say. If you want to get involved and, and sign the petition, Go in the league uh, in the um, the show notes and please click on the change.org link that I'm, I provided and uh, just sign the petition and and try to see if we can get Lanny McDonald, uh, who runs the Hall of Fame uh, induction committee, uh, try to get Cam Neely involved uh, and uh, Molson. Um, I don't remember his, Jeff Molson of the Canadians. Uh, get these guys involved to get uh, this this member of of um, of uh, hockey history, a place where I believe he deserves. After doing the research and 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 um, reading about what Herb went through in his life, I was just really bought into like, wow, this guy really deserves to be in there. And he passed away in I believe 1986. And um, before he passed away, he said I believe to his grandson or somebody in his family, I'm not sure particularly who. Um, he said it was really tough for me to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame and have to pay like a fan. You can't put everybody in, right? I am always confused to exactly what the criteria is. So, like, I'm not someone who thinks you need to win a Stanley Cup. But, like, you just read off his numbers. He seems to be a strange candidate to not have been considered or really, I mean, really considered into, like, a last vote uh, to go in the Hall of Fame. Generally every, speaking, though, every I player, think- Every player that's, that's uh, had a, re- uh, a season, a record. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, my Heather. Point. That's all right. Three, two, one. Every player that led the league in points is in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and that's important to know. But uh, Herb led the league in points, and he is not. It's kind of just strange. So, like, in this guy's case, it seems very strange that he has not uh, been inducted, right? 
I, although I am not someone who does believe you have to win a Stanley Cup, I think that you can have, and like I said to you, I think on break, like Ray Bork was almost one of those guys that one of the greatest players to ever play never won a cup. That can happen too. Uh, and then some of the guys win seven cups. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, but like we were talking about, I think that because it's very easy to, you know, forget about the generations before, like why isn't there like a special category where you put four, you know, whatever, four people between, you know, one for beginning to 1950, 1950 to 19, whatever, 80, and then whatever, you put three candidates in a year to build a section that's like the bygone eras that maybe they're not the big names that everyone's always going to remember, but are important to the history. Because I do think it's an international hall of fame, but like in Herb Kane's case, he clearly, it doesn't make sense. If you're the only one that led with points, that's not in there. You won Stanley cup with two different teams, right? Uh, rivals at that. <laughs> and always, and uh, does not shock me that Art Ross and the Bruins management buried his ass. So he couldn't get his, yeah. you know, traded or whatever. That doesn't shock me back in the day, but I, I do think it, it would be wise to expand and have a specific category for maybe the people who played in the first 30, 40 formative years before the expansion era in the sixties uh, and really get somebody in their thing. And he, yeah. So get, just like we always say, go for the Willie for the gold, same thing. Sign Herb Kane. It's been going around on Twitter or Facebook. I'm sure too. Uh, Mark's going to put it in the show notes, but like, I mean, yeah. it seems kind of ridiculous with that kind of credential that you're not in the hockey hall of fame. And it's sad that that like hurt, you know, like, I don't know. But at the same time, I understand you can't put everybody in. People say that all the time. And I get that. But like, how about some reconsideration? You have to every year at least admit someone who is from a bygone era or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. In my opinion, I'd like to see just just more categories. You know, I would just, like to why, see more why do you have to go like so many so little players um, and then a builder and then that's it? Why? Why is it like seem like it's six people every year why can't you just bump it up to eight and and i mean is it really that much of a big deal to mm -hmm. just go a little i mean you create more tv time people are gonna watch more or are people not gonna watch because you're talking about somebody from history that's already passed away and they can't go up to the podium and say anything and they don't want to hear from their family at the podium about their hockey career and what they meant to be in that hockey hall of fame you know, it's just why are we tending to a generation of players that recently, you know, uh, uh, retired and, and, and getting their call and not about reaching further back in the history and understanding that we need to identify other members that contributed, if not more, like like Jerome McGinley. I think I said this several times. I mean, he's going in the hall and it's great. But he didn't win a Stanley Cup, and I, I'm I'm only using that Stanley Cup thing as just a just a moving needle, just a little bit. I know it's not the the end all be all of, of, That's of how getting they act in. Like it is, though. Right, it's how I, they act, though. right. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're saying you're saying Stanley Cup success, but we got Stanley Cup success like 66 freaking years ago when he was eligible in 1955. Mm. I don't know. I kind of feel for the family, man, because these guys are really trying to put out their name. And trying to get this done. And I think that these people need to really consider, you know, not only for just Herb and, and our bias as a Boston Bruins fans, but 
in hockey in general, we need to identify more of the the pioneers back in the day or the the ambassadors back in the day, if you want to call them that. I personally think the biggest problem is that it's kind of a closed circuit on who gets to decide who goes in the Hall of Fame. If and it's Lenny McDonald, I'm cutting that special. I'll go up there with the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop. You're going to make me go off. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that it, it's too closed circuited. Maybe we need to have this is how many votes and then like each organization gets a vote like somehow uh maybe each organization gets to nominate somebody or like families get to right. and you have to consider so much but i feel like they already kind of know who they have in mind when they go in and they whittle it down to those people and they go so maybe like you should have more votes so you have the panel who makes the last decision but before you get to the panel screenings and the votes you expand it the hockey writers get to have a vote of who, you know what I mean? Like whether yeah. someone should get through, you know, I know you have to get so many votes, but it just seems to me, I, I don't know the exact number, but I feel like it's hockey. So it's probably like three dudes in a room, Ryan Burke, Lanny McDonald, just getting like two other people. Just no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just, I do think they should not just expand who is eligible or what people accept to be. I think the more important thing is to make, in order to do that, to get more people, because you're right. Like Girona, he didn't win a cup, right? But overall, like if you, like you said though, but if you look at him point wise, international play, whatever, like he's a solid Hall of Fame candidate on that alone. But you're right. Like this seems to be just a Stanley Cup as a threshold. So, anyways, help out uh, the Kane family and get him major consideration in and uh, to maybe get in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Because once, if you listen to the stats, Mark read, it does seem a little ridiculous. This guy isn't in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. uh, let's petition them to change the freaking voting for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes, yes. Let's do it. That's the next change.org. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so this one, this is so hard. I always feel like this is a bad jinx. All right, let's do it. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, you know I'm very superstitious, and I'm like I'm very weird to get. Okay, so if the Boston Bruins beat the Washington Capitals, who do we think the opponent moving forward? Like, who do we want to be the opponent going forward? Either the Islanders or the Penguins. They're obviously will play one of them. Yes, in the second round. What? Uh, Mark has it much better in the banner. Sorry if you can't see it, but uh, just generally Mark wanted to bring up, you know, we're kind of inching closer and starting to think if we get to the second round, well, who would we rather have a matchup? You? Well, so. uh, the reason why I brought this up and I'm, I don't, I hopefully it's not a jinx. I, I agree with that, but also we only record on Sundays, so we don't know what's going to happen. So, um, you know, I just wanted to identify that, there is a team that I'd rather play and I'd rather not play. And that is, I do not want to play just by the regular season series in 2021 is the New York Islanders and how they um, just owned, <clears throat> just owned us. And uh, obviously we, we got some wins out of the, uh, out of that team in the later part of the, of the season, but still, when you look at all those games, it doesn't spell a very good track run for me uh, for success to move on to a, um, a conference final uh, matchup, which I'm not even going to guess who that is. That's too far out for me. We'll yeah. we'll have some shows in between there. Where we can discuss it. But still, um, I, I would much rather see Pittsburgh 
And I did some uh, a little bit of notage on this. I, I actually brought the notes this week. I know that you're all stacked up on notes. That? I have nothing. I'm just going on my charm at this point. And oh boy, remember? Maybe things. I didn't. Okay. Well, I will agree with you though. No, listen, listen. I um. Oh, no, oh, it's right here. Okay, so in 2000, this is reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to pick the Pittsburgh Penguins. In 2013, there is a history, a little bit of history. Let's go back a little ways. 1991, Pittsburgh won the series 4-2 in the conference final. 19, oh, that team went on to win the Stanley Cup, by the way. 1992, Pittsburgh swept Boston um, in the conference finals. They won the Stanley Cup that year. But the third meeting out of all was in 2013 when the uh, Bruins swept the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the kind of the history is uh, not so on our side, but there is one series that we just dominated them. And so that's kind of one thing. But when you look at the Islanders' history, it goes back. You'd think with, with, all the, with all the NHL history, the Bruins would see these teams more in the playoffs, but there really isn't a lot of times that they met, matched up. The last time uh, – well, not the last time, the first time in ever – in 1980, and, and obviously that the uh, the New York Islanders were just a wagon back then. They were just a dynasty. They beat uh, Boston 4-1 in the quarterfinals. And in 1983, the Islanders beat Boston 4-2 in the conference finals. But that's it for history. There's really not much to go on, um, you know, when you look at that type of view uh, for playoff success. But I want to see Pittsburgh. I just think we match up better with them. They're, um, the regular season – Against Pittsburgh is five to three in Boston's favor. Against the Islanders is five to three in the in the Isles' favor. So, uh, just by going by just you know some metrics like that, simple metrics, nothing crazy into the the Corsi, the analytics, and blah 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 crap. But um, yeah, I would much rather see Pittsburgh. I think we have a better track with them. They're a scary team too with Malkin, Crosby, and and you know, but. I don't like what I saw from a goaltender like Simeon Valamov and um, and just how how the island is just pretty much manhandled us for a better part of the uh, 2021 campaign. So all Pittsburgh for me. Um, I would rather see Pittsburgh because I think we play against them better. Even when they do win, I think we match up better to them. I agree with you on that. Like you were talking, talking, and like you're saying all the things I was going to say. Also, I think they have a much better goaltender. Like, that goaltender is sick. Valarmov is, like, warm and fuzzies, like, back in the day when there were a million awesome goalies out there. Uh, it's almost like the Bruins beat his sister or something. That He's just got some vengeance out against uh, against the Bees this year. He's just so damn good. I mean, he really is. He's just like, wow, this is the Valarmov I wanted to see back in, like, Colorado when they would like, had the stacked teams back in the day. Also, to um, – for uh, the Islanders, they beat us bad first, and we started getting a little traction on them in the later meetings. But at the same time, they were a little roughed about at that time. They weren't exactly playing as well as they had been when they beat us earlier in the season. So I don't want them to knock out Pittsburgh and get their groove back and feeling like – because I don't know why we can't figure out that team on most nights. Uh, but, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't want to – not saying that we're going to the second round – but hopefully tonight we win and then we do. But if I have to, I definitely do not want to see the Islanders. It just makes me uncomfortable. I don't like their trap defense from 1995. I don't like it's 
they're the weirdest team. It's like they're boring to watch, but also exciting at the very same time. How does one do that? I don't understand. But uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's actually a really good point about that freaking that that one through one type of freaking. Oh, no, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see, though, because that series might go deep. I what I want. I'm really wanted Florida to beat Tampa. I hope that still can happen, but it's that not would looking be nice. good. It's not looking good on that end at this moment, but who knows? Uh, yeah, so hopefully we get to play. Like, as of now, fingers crossed, we get to play out the East. And yes. that's what we're looking at. And by the time, who knows, maybe if we w- we do win tonight, maybe there'll be an addendum 10 minutes of me and Mark just like, ooh, 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 party, party, party. Okay, that's that. <laughs> All right. We're let's in agreement. Move let's move on. All right. All right. So Stephen Camper is rumored to have a verbal agreement. This was kind of a hot button topic, confusion and delay a little this week on the end. I've never seen people so interested in Stephen Camper, but uh, there's rumored to have a verbal agreement with uh, Axe Bars from the uh, KHL. So yeah. Mark, do you have any deets on that? Oh, yeah, I saw our elite prospects um, um, rumors, and which is pretty, pretty freaking good. They do their homework. Um, and they, they feed into an algorithm when they see a hockey player that they, they pretty much like just say it's a rumor. Uh, but there's several sources over in the KHL that say that Stephen Camper has a verbal agreement only, a verbal agreement. That doesn't mean that he's automatically on the team. He's just looking at his options. So they came and said, listen, let's agree on something but I'm not signing a contract because that is just the way a North American hockey player acts. If he can't find work in North America uh, with any professional, any of the 32 coming up teams for uh, continued services in the national hockey league, he can automatically go overseas and, and work over there. So he's just keeping his options open. That's it. It doesn't mean that he's, that he's gone. He has an injury. He has an, uh, an arm injury, which he, we haven't seen him in the lineup. That got confirmed today per Bruce Cassidy in his post-practice um, uh, press conference. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's 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 nothing major. It's nothing to like to get all worked up about and so on. But people do need to understand that when you're contracted by an organization – you have to fulfill that contract. The commitment has to be there until the end. And and that commitment is also there during the playoffs, even though the players don't get paid. But still, you know, your commitment is still there. And once that's fulfilled, he becomes an unrestricted free agent that he can either re-sign with the Boston Bruins, another team. I don't think he wants to go to the AHL route where he'd be signed to a an AHL-only deal and make seventy grand a year when he has a family. I believe he has two young daughters. Yeah, they. Yeah, so, so I don't think seventy grand will cut it when when he's still relatively young. He's mid thirties or something like that, early thirties, whatever. So the, the options could be uh, tax free KHL money, you know, and and try to build that nest egg up for when he actually does hang up the skates and you know and can properly fund his um his uh his kids, his wife, and, and and further education if needed. So. You know, it's just it's it's nothing to get all worried about. But it makes you wonder if the Bruins have said to him that they're not going to re-sign him. 
Well, I mean, there could be clarity at the end of the season at the exit right. meeting. Or it could just be they're going to talk about it later and just, and yeah, just have it back. I mean, I mean, you you could have those discussions. It happens all the time. But the Bruins probably just said, "Listen, we got to give the younger kids more opportunities to be that seventh rotational defenseman, possibly at a cheaper price." You know, we're not interested in resigning you, but you know, would you be willing to be a black ace and and, and participate in what we're doing moving forward? I'm sure that that you know, hey, if the Bruins win a Stanley Cup, that guy's name's going to be on it. Yeah. He's awesome. He's always had, like we always say, regardless, he's been a Bruin a long time and he's always come when they've needed him to. He's always come to play good, bad, or ugly. He has stepped in and done to the best of his ability to help hold the ship together when injuries happen, anything else like that. So just a tremendously hard worker and never quit and always ready to step in and, and a seamless step in, by the way. It's not like, you know, oh man, I need a couple of games to get involved and, and get in the rhythm. This guy gets right in, and just the systems just um, embed themselves right into his brain. And any, I mean, I mean, it's not mistake free. I'm not saying that, but it, it's 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 a great plug and play piece. That that it just proves that the Boston Bruins have some seriously good depth that they could just put somebody right in there and not basically worry about it. Exactly. Well, either way, Stephen Camper, we want you to heal up from your injury. And if you're a B next year in the system somewhere, won't hurt either of our feelings, probably. Uh, but I also respect if you need to get some cash in the KHL, they'll give you lots of money. I mean, oh, yeah, it's sketchy how you get it. It's like it's like, paper, <laughs> yeah. it's like paper bag in a dark alley or, you know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you'll get it. The Russians it. do it different. The Russians do it different. Enjoy um, the Russian gas, guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, Providence uh, signed Ian McKinnon to a uh, one-year AHL deal. Yeah. Uh, I wrote an article about this. Actually, Mark Diver broke it out. And uh, then, then the uh, Providence Bruins came out with it. And I followed that up with, with a little article about Ian and his path to the to the American Hockey League, um, predominantly an East Coast Hockey League player, re- resident tough guy wherever he goes. Um, he was uh, playing the last two seasons with the Jacksonville Icemen, which is the the unofficial, air quotes, um, minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins. Um, we don't know about that moving forward. It's still open uh, for discussion about where we're going to put uh, prospects Um in the next couple of years, wherever. But uh, Ian really showed um, scouts that that were traveling down to see players like Matt Phillippe and, and Jack Ashan and, and Kyle Kaiser. While they were down there um, scouting them, they saw Ian and uh, saw something that I believe Jay Leach needed to add a little bit to the toolbox when you when you consider his uh, his lineup. And that's grit. And that's somebody to, uh, to step in when liberties are taken. I believe uh, in the 26 game regular season for the Providence Bruins, it was, you know, just against the three team division, uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers and Hartford Wolfpack that these guys were really, you see them so much, you know, you're playing in this team like 13, 12, 13 times. I mean, they were just really going after some of the younger players and the Providence Bruins roster last season was pretty much, a transformation of we need to get the youth in here and replenish. And they did a great job by, by those uh, complimentary pieces that they had down there and winning the Atlantic division um, for, I believe the 
second straight year. I could be wrong on that. But, um, no, I just think that some of the younger guys that just needed to have that on the bench, like, uh, you know, we, we, we're getting liberties taken on us. And and uh, so I think that his addition, and he played in 10 games. He had a goal, two assists, three points. Not a point producer, but he had 81 penalty minutes in freaking 10 games. So uh, he's, he's, he's not afraid of anybody. He's not afraid of anybody. And he, I've seen several of his fights, and it's, it's, you know, and but it makes the other team notice too. That says, you know, we can't take runs at at a five eight Jack Ashan anymore. When you look down the bench and see somebody like that, so uh, he signed to an AHL only deal. It does not mean he can go to the uh, Boston Bruins and and muck it up there. He needs to be signed to a two way deal at least. Uh, he's undrafted and just a hard worker that just used his talents and his toughness to rise up through the ranks. So uh, good signing for Providence. Good, um, you know, Jay Leach had, had many great things to say in the, in the official uh, article produced by the Providence Bruins website. And uh, so did um, uh, uh, general manager for the Providence Bruins, uh, John Ferguson Jr. had a lot of good things to say about him too. So um, good on Ian, but we might as well uh, wrap that up. With and talk about some other things that the Providence Bruins did, right, Heather? I know it's like half our shows about the Providence. Hey, well, yeah, I don't mind talking about baby bees. I know. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of games for you to do, so um, we just wanted to give a shout out to the Providence <laughs> Bruins. Uh, some of them won some awards, the AHL awards, uh, internal awards type thing this week. Uh, Cameron Hughes got the team MVP. Uh, Brady Lyle got Rookie of the Year. Samuel Asleen got the Fan Favorite Award. Jacob Blocko got awarded one of the three stars. Apparently, they pick it from the AHL. Whoever people who bumped up uh, were in the top three stars, X, you know, most amount of times. Uh, Jack Ashan got Defenseman of the Year of the team, and Dan Vladar got the Henrik Memorial Fan Appreciation Award for his solid another solid season down there for our Providence, who very just. Humbly, no noise from him came down, back down when they decided Swayman was going to be the backup. Yep. You know what I mean? So uh, good for him showing his professionalism and how he's, you know, growing into his own. And he's just waiting his time, which is how you do it. It's better to be playing games. Like the argument is it better be on JV playing all the time or being on, you know, varsity and sitting on the bench. And Exactly. Exactly. Or went down and kept playing and deservedly so because he really is a good goaltender. I like Dan Vladar. I don't want him no. to get lost in the shuffle of the goalie controversy, quote unquote. <laughs> I, I still believe in him. I've been pumping his tires. I've been pumping Swayman's and I still believe in this in this youth core. So um but no but good on good accolades on these guys right here. You know, Cameron Hughes, um solid center, can, can play the left side, uh led the led the Providence Club in points this year. Um, I, he's a, a RFA at the end of the season. I firmly believe that he'll be re-signed um, to keep around at least a year, possibly a two-year, two-way deal. Um, so he could be definitely in the future of a, like a third-line center. It depends on what happens with Krejci and everything like that. You know, then everything's going to go up, and then signings will be more prevalent. But um, great player, in my opinion, just a hard worker. Uh, Brady Lyle came from the Ontario uh, Hockey League with the Owen Sound attack this year, and, and, and in my opinion, was the best defenseman in the American Hockey League. I mean, he, I, I think he led or at least tied um, the AHL lead in goals by a defenseman, and um, 
you know, which is good. The, uh, the Bruins signed him to an entry level deal because he was signed just to an AHL only deal. And uh, so that he just, he really accelerated up the depth chart in my opinion, with his play down in Providence and, um, and what accompanied by line mate at, more often. And I, in my opinion, and I know it's just going by one division and, and I'm only watching one team right now, but when him and Jack Ashan were together, magic happened on that line and that on that top pairing line of the uh, Providence Bruins. So uh, Samuel Asseline, I, I expect him to get signed at the end of the season. Um, much like uh, possibly just a one-year deal. Uh, Jacob Lauko uh, is um, unfortunately not with the Boston Bruins uh, right now as a black ace. Uh, I heard that he's over in the Czech Republic tending to a family member that is ill. So, um, and uh, Zan Vladar, goaltender, I, I'm always going to pump his thighs and so on. But uh, best uh, best wishes to all these guys that were, were nominated for awards and won awards, sorry. Uh, but I, there's a lot of players on that list right there that could uh, bring significant contributions to either the my, the the uh, American Hockey League minor pro level or the Boston Bruins in the near future. Okay. Well, we just want to acknowledge them, the boys in Marlboro, I mean, uh, in Providence. Yes. All right. Well, geez, we got to get going. There's only five hours till this game starts. Yeah, I know. Or, or 12, depending. Like you said, the NHL coverage <laughs> is hard. Uh, so this is just, I know Mark's always like, wait till the end. So I am going to wait till the end. But now it's time to talk about in other NHL news. Uh, Maxim Cadre got himself a... a not, not some cadre. I can't say it. Anyways, cadre got himself suspended for um, being cadre, I guess. I mean, that's really what it is. Yes, it was a very cadre-esque move. He may uh, appeal it. I, that's what they were saying this morning. He's looking into maybe appealing the suspension. I don't know if that's for length of games or whatever else. Uh, but, again, another one of those guys. <clears throat> Just shocking to see. Not... Um, any thoughts on that? Oh, shocker. Yeah, what a shocker. He did something that got himself suspended in the playoffs. <laughs> and someone getting hurt. Um, yeah. All right. Tavares gets concussed pretty hard. Oh, that uh, was I, – I watched that game. Corey Perry. Um, I, I don't think that – I mean, Corey Perry can be a dick, but I think that was definitely just – It was accidental. Was he, yeah, definitely nothing he could have – no, anyone could have done for that to not happen. Um, yeah. No hard feelings. Uh, people were upset with the Toronto Sun for their apparent headline or something on the front yeah. page about it. I heard a lot of people very upset with them. So keep it classy, Toronto Sun. Jesus, it's John Tavares. And yeah, it was the, the the response was weird that that um, what's his name Felino was going to fight him. If mm. anything, I wouldn't have gone after Perry. I would have gone after the guy that need on need. Um, Tavares to put him in a rotation to receive that knee in the freaking head. There That's you go. where I would go. Yep. Not go after Perry, you know, was, and you could see Perry going to dude, it was accidental. Yeah. It was not intentional. Yeah. That definitely, like I said, even though he can be a jerk, I definitely don't think uh, that was a Corey Perry thing. Um, all right. So uh, Essex County own uh, Maddie Duggan is now the manager of player development. It's like a new position that was created within the New Jersey Devils. Uh, if you don't know who she is, she's Olympic gold, literally. Um, 
and uh, also just proud uh, Essex County native. So Massachusetts hockey, go girl. You That's go right. get you. Congratulations. More women, in, more women in leadership. And also, I mean, you don't win gold medals or world championship. People like, you know, there are other, you don't have to be a Stanley Cup winning person, I think, to end up in management and leadership positions. There are plenty of good hockey minds, male and female out there to maybe change up the whole situation and operations, which will help drag the league into the next generation uh, onto itself. Uh, and the draft lotto is set for June 2nd. The draft lotto, the least interesting thing that happens, it just, I, I just, for me, it pisses me off. How hard is it just to flip the order and you let number 31 or next starting next season, 32 pick, 32 to number one. Why do we need to have a lotto? Because frankly, the people who have gotten the draft lotto haven't done shit with their draft lotto. Like Jack look at Edmonton. Tank. Look at Edmonton. How many freaking beautiful drafts have they had in the last 10 years? <laughs> and they still like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I, the Oilers are horrible. I'm just saying you have not produced the way you should have having that many top end talent players picked onto your roster. Uh, so, yeah, that's something to look forward to and maybe take a nap, take a quick glance at to see how the order is. I still think Detroit got fucked last year. That was the exact example of why this is the stupidest system. You're trying to make the draft more interesting when fans don't care, would rather you just give the crappiest team the first pick and the best team that won the Stanley Cup last. It's very simple. Very yeah. simple. Then maybe they could amend it. Hopefully Detroit gets the top pick this year. I'm just like, I don't know. Funny. They might do they even qualify? I don't know. There was a weird balance of power in some of the divisions this year. But all right. So that being said, and uh you put on here are the NHL teams seemingly cheating when they're using the uh LTIR offer uh, a tag on players. Yes. Say, yeah. Perfect example is the Toronto is the uh Toronto Maple Leafs. Come on, Mark. The Tampa Bay Lightning, Nikita Kucherov, was out all season. And Stamkos, I'm not sure if he was out all season or a majority of it. Most of the season, I think. But all of a sudden, the playoffs come around, and these two guys are healthy. You know? Let's go. Let's rock and roll. I don't think that's right. I hate this rule. I absolutely um, hate this rule. And I'll mean- hate it even more if Tampa Bay repeats. I'll freaking lose my freaking nutty i'll pull a nutty wait you mean teams might pretend their players are a little more injured to circumvent them being over the cap until the playoffs where the cap doesn't matter you think that might happen listen my amesbury math two and two is four (laughs) it's like it's lining up to be a freaking joke now i'm not saying i'm not discrediting the tampa bay lightning organization or what they've done fantastic team they, they can be a wagon when they want. But just the way that things are done, it just doesn't seem right. And I'm not, as a fan, a National Hockey League fan myself, it frustrates me. I get it. I don't have any stake in the horse, though. But it was said on the 31 Thoughts Hockey Podcast, I believe this week or the week prior, that several NHL organizations have reached out to the league saying that this was freaking wrong and needs to be changed. So I don't, I don't I don't get it. I mean, why it's so frustrating to see great players like those two just just float right into your roster and you it, with no cap in, um, yeah, I can't even I talk can, about it. 
I can, I know it pisses me off too, but I can, all right. On one hand, I can understand with Stamkos a little bit because he is older and he's had a couple rough seasons with injuries, right? So maybe you did that to protect him a little. I mean, he's Steve fucking Stamkos. Like, he doesn't have to prove his shit in the 56 games. He needs to show up for the playoffs and be the captain of the team, right? Like, that's his job. But although I buy that Nikita Kucherov was a little, was injured at the beginning of the season, there is no reason that a kid his age hasn't been ready to, like, I feel maybe there needs to be more le- league oversight on that. And I'm glad if there are teams out bitching and complaining, because Gary hates that. Don't do what New York yeah. did and put it on yeah, no Twitter or whatever. Although I, still, Boom. I think it was still worth the 250,000. If I'm that owner, even though he's a nutbag, he wasn't wrong about a, Hey, here's a double F you. Right. You know, kind of thing. But, um, uh, that being said, I do definitely think that it's just, I don't know. It's the NHL being the NHL. And Gary will be like, ah, oh, well, look into it. And he won't actually look into it. And it is stupid. You, Especially if it's your top end players. This isn't like a third liner you were trying to like, you were going to go just a little over. You're talking like a $9 million player that you hid yeah. off your books why would you do that for your team wouldn't you want and don't tell me you haven't been ready you don't walk in as you know you're not superman you have to have the everybody comes back from injury and looks a little wonky when they first get out there this dude's been ready to go probably playing because he practiced 12 days 12 days with his team before they freaking went out there in the playoffs he was practicing yeah, if you you're in a contact jersey, your ass should have to be on the ice in X amount of days after you've been seen in the contact jersey. Or do what Jeff and Elliot Friedman said. Uh, Jeff American and Elliot Friedman on 31 Thoughts Podcast. Don't practice. Don't show up mm-hmm. to practice. Go right into the playoffs if you think you're ready. Yeah. You can that have your one-on-one ready. sessions all you want, but you shouldn't get to t- skate with the team as a whole. Yeah. That makes sense. Exactly. So you can't exactly. say you're not letting them train to get back in shape, exactly. but you also don't get the reward of being with your team. Yeah. Yep. Also, how about let's not go over our fucking salary caps in the first place. If everyone else has to struggle mostly near the salary cap, I'm not yeah. saying everybody doesn't go over here and there, but there's a difference between you went a million over the salary cap and you yeah. went two superstars salary caps over the salary cap. It's very That's fishy. It. Maybe very they'll fishy. find Tampa Bay. I mean, there's gotta be, I know in baseball, like if you something with the luxury tax, you'll get your ass fined. Why can't the NHL? I, I, I don't know who would do that. I mean, I don't see Gary Bettman being willing to want to find people. Oh, let's just keep the harmony. Let's not get everyone upset. We've got another team coming in. But at the same time, how many GMs or owners have to tell them to fuck off before the head honchos take control of some of the other stupid things that are happening down on don't you think there's someone who should be overseeing the monies of the league how do you even know what the money is should be somebody overseeing the overseers the more i'm (laughs) thinking of this the more ridiculous it sounded sounds even more ridiculous than just the fact that they did that which is just shady to start with i will never never again bitch about how the toronto maple leafs do it they at least spread that shit over (laughs) they keep it they keep it cloak and dagger yeah. These guys were basically like, fuck off. We're sitting on two superstars. We got to win 16 games to repeat. Let's do it. <laughs> like that's, It's crazy. Okay. All right. That being said, um, I'm going to let you get to this week in Bruins history. No, we're gonna, I didn't do one. So we're going to skip it. Okay. So. Well, then I'm going to say one more time. Herb Kane, <clears throat> change.org. Mark will put it in the show notes. Always will. Hashtag Willie for the gold. Always 
can let's go boys today. Uh, we might not speak again until it's the second Next round, Sunday, whether yeah. they are or not. And uh, yeah, so uh, follow everyone. Go to blackandgoldhockey.com. Rate and review. Listen to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Retweet people stuff. Spread the love like you guys always do. Thank you for always having our back. Thank you, Blue Chew, uh, for letting me do your ads every week. And Mark, let's wrap this up. We got to get ready. You got to get this edited. Yes. Um, right. We do have a Patreon account going on, and I would appreciate if folks get on board with this because it's a fantastic way to get some awesome Boston Bruins gear hand signed most of the time. Um, listen, for one dollar per episode, we record four episodes a month, possibly six. It's a very small investment, but it helps our small um, sports media company grow. So with that, we take half of your investment and turn it into winning prizes. So this week, uh, the a Bruins related item, we selected Cody Stevens. Congratulations, Cody. Thank you for your one dollar per episode contribution and uh, everything that you do for us as a uh, solid listener, but we also do Jersey giveaways once a month. So we give a Bruins related item away every week and one hand signed Jersey from a current player or an alumni player every month. And uh, I just want to show you guys what I have bought recently uh, is the Matt Grizzlick beautiful Jersey right there. And then I'll show this one right there, hand signed, authenticated. And uh, yeah, so you can win this just for a buck. It's freaking awesome. So, uh, and then next month uh, is June. So we're doing the Phil Esposito jersey, which you can't see that with the banner, but you can see this one right here. That is a beautiful signing right there. So get on board. We certainly appreciate uh, anything that you guys can do. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of things coming up. We got uh, more jerseys to be in purchase. I have jerseys to give away once a month until I believe March of 2022. So good Jeez. stuff. You're hoarding them. I am. I, you should see that I'm looking at it right now. The freaking stacks. I mean, I have a stack of jerseys like that. It's like, like that. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I get control. Hey, I love giving stuff away, but I like money too. What it does is it helps us cut our out-of-pocket costs. Running a sports media company is not cheap. So when, when we get contributions like this from great people, some donate a dollar, some donate five dollars. Michelle, Michelle, you're awesome, by the way. Thank you, Michelle. Five dollars per episode. That's amazing. And 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 it's just it's just good for us to kind of like keep this thing going. We're trying to build, we're trying to grow. And speaking of growing, if you want to write. You want to start a podcast, you want to be a part of the Black and Gold Productions sports media company, please let me know. Please go to Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com and tell us what kind of offerings you can you can bring us to um, to become a member of the uh, of our uh, digital content team. So we'd love to have you. We're continuing to grow either the audio, the video, writing, whatever. Let me know. I'll willing to learn i mean i'm willing to listen so is what it is okay so anyway please check out the website blackandgoldhockey.com we have fantastic writers uh, great team over there love those guys they're the ones that really carry the torch so shout out to everyone over there but anyway listen i gotta get the out of here 
So I got to edit this, get it out. So hopefully some listeners can listen to it before tonight's game against the Washington Capitals. It's game five. The Boston Bruins have a three, two, one series lead going into Washington tonight. So let's go LFG. Let's go Bruins. Please everybody be safe. Be kind to one another. Don't be an asshole on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. I think uh, you guys, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were you guys are awesome. There for a second. <laughs> you guys are awesome. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.